Welcome back in everyone to a fantastic new episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We're joined by an incredible artist today. We're joined by the playwright and performer Katie Mack, whose show is coming up here in New York. It's being presented by Off the Wall Productions. And of course, the show is hashtag ugly cry. It's playing October 26th through November 18th at the Chain Theater. And you can get tickets and more information at two places. The first is Ticketor.com or easier way to get them is by visiting Katie's website, MacStage.com. This is a fantastic show. We're so excited to bring it to you. So let's go ahead and welcome on our guest today, Katie Mack. Welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Yeehaw! Thank you so much for that beautiful introduction. Ooh, I love it. Yes, yeehaw! We love a good yeehaw. That's a great way to start things off, <laughs> right? Like, how do you really know you're in yourself? Like, a, yeah, try a yeehaw. Yep, yeah. I'm ready. That's it. It's like my it's my actor warm up. I came on here to tell you my secrets. I start every show with a solid yeehaw. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> intro to how to get ready for a show. No, we're, we're of course here to talk about your great upcoming show, Hashtag Ugly Crime. Very excited about this show. So why don't we start off by having you tell us a little bit about what this show is about or, or what it is. Andrew, thank you so much. So Hashtag Ugly Cry is really at its core, a show about grief and social media and that intersection. So the way that we do that is we tell the personalized and individual story of me, of a time that I totally lost my marbles about two years ago in 2021. One of my collaborators, ex-boyfriends and friends was murdered. His name is Eric Anthematon, and he is one of the coolest beings you'll ever read about and meet. He's a philosopher, martial artist, a musician kind human being. There's just like the list goes on and on. He taught at new school. So some of y'all may have heard his name, but he was murdered while intervening in a robbery when he was in Oaxaca, Mexico on a trip. And I had received a text message from him all of an hour before he died and was waiting for him to come back so we could work on more stuff together. And what happens when you die is that you can't text anymore. So um, there was no more communication between Eric and I. And the way that I reconciled our, this like missing piece in my life is I became obsessed with rereading and reading our text messages and his digital footprint. And so I sort of thought about this universally. There's kind of two folds to this. The first one is I thought, wow, how many other people are now sort of like obsessing with people's digital content or digital footprint? And what, what is the difference in, in having a grief process when you lose someone, especially unexpectedly, what, what are going to, what is your, what are your coping mechanisms kind of as a society? What are our coping mechanisms as a society? And then also I cannot be the only one that is going through this. We have now entire lives, like an entire flash of book or Instagram of our lives. And the first thing that I do when somebody posts about somebody that has passed away is click on their handle and drink up their life. And um, this, I just thought was so specific to now. And I'm a playwright who writes about now. And that that's one lens and one reason why I started to write this play. And the second reason is that it makes me seem a lot less crazy if I'm putting it in an artistic format than if I am doing it by myself. So really, this whole thing is a ruse. I just want to let everybody know, hashtag ugly cry is just an excuse for me not to seem crazy and for me to hang out with my dead friend. 
And what we ask you to do as an audience is to come in and kind of with this lens around the fact that, yes, we are all going to die. And what what does that mean? And what are all the strange nuances around it? And then I ask you to bring your phone in with you and engage with me and Eric and other sort of digital people through your phone. So it's interactive in the sense that we, it's not, it's not like kitschy. I literally cannot do the show if you do not interact on your phone. There's, you know, certain, you don't, not every single person in the audience has to, but people have to, and like a certain percentage of the audience has to. And really it's sort of baked into the pie of my grieving process with Eric that is ongoing. So yeah. At the core of it, it's really, it's a, it's an excuse for me to share Eric with you. It's an excuse for me to kind of try to see what updating theater might look like and updating theater meaning like, uh, what are the ways in which we can start to bring some of these things that were so taboo into the space and also have a collective grief family to talk about something that can sometimes be a little uncomfortable and mm, potentially funny and fun (laughs) ways. We, We cover a lot of ground when it comes to grief. So yeah. That's the, that's the, that is the long pitch. <laughs> that sounds incredible. I mean, wow. I, I, I got to sit with that for a minute. That's, that is incredible about where it's coming from and, and what you're doing that. Wow. That's amazing. So what specifically gave you the, the antithesis to, to put the show together, to write the show? It's a great question. I mean, I think it, I sort of call myself an accumulative artist, meaning like, I don't know if I've set out with like a very clear path, but I can constantly and continuously come up with, we butt up against questions and I keep looking for people to answer the question and somehow it's not answered in a, in a way. And then you're like, oh, damn it. No, I guess I have to like unpack this thing. And so that sort of manifested to me through one lens in my life, which has been bringing phones into the theatrical space. And so since 2017, I've been writing little baby plays or big plays, often with the title hashtag in front of it, where I invite the audience to engage with accessible technology, meaning they don't, I've made up that term, but they don't download an app. They don't have to have any special skills. They just have to be like social media fluent-ish. They have to be like, you know, probably my ideal candidate. It's like a millennial or Gen Zer. But now I think even after the, the pandemic, a lot of people are a lot more fluent on their phones for various reasons. But I've been I've been grappling with the question since, you know, since Patty Lapone screamed at the first audience member, you know, turn off your phone. Like, you know, I I kept wondering what would happen if we asked audiences to bring their full selves into the into into the space. And I and at this point I do think that full self means also these little computers that we we have. So I've been really interested in what it would look like. Now, I'm not making an argument that that is the future of theater. Absolutely not at all. But we can see it happening all the time in all these different other artistic mediums. You know, just down the street from, you know, Broadway, we have Chelsea Market and they have Art Tech House. Art Tech House is an incredibly beautiful, cool space in which you're, you know, you kind of can't experience a thing without you know, using your phone, you actually can't, you know, and, and you cannot now go into the Whitney without, you know, scan, scanning a couple QR codes or at least seeing like an AR or AI exhibit, you know, and hell yeah, like, like why not our industry upgrade? And, and I'm, I'm clearly not the inventor of this. We are seeing these things pop up everywhere and I'm just riding that wave. And I really, I have a a minor bone to pick when we talk about immersive and it's just standing closer to the actors. I like immersive in terms of like, really the audience does sort of have a little bit of sway and they're always going to, they're always going to, but a little bit of sway uh, as to 
how the show might end up getting digested and perceived. And for me, as I ask audiences, audience members to show up with their full selves and engage with their phone as part of themselves, this is just, this is now a third iteration of something I've written. And the second iteration of something I had written, I wrote with Eric. So when Eric died, we had plans for a show that we had written before called Hashtag Breakup Content, which I asked audiences, virtual and in-person audiences, to look at my Instagram with me as I unpacked my breakup. So I used my real life ex-partner with their permission and we went through all the different photographs and we sort of talked about identity and, and that kind of thing through, but you know, that's sort of the jumping off point was Instagram. But I asked people to engage with me in that space via social media live. So I would, I'm holding my phone. My phone is being siphoned up onto a screen. So the phone is not just part of you, the audience members, but the phone is part of me. And we are going to engage in this space together. So I can have virtual audiences and live audiences engage in the same space at the same time, just like we do on like a live, right? But it's live theater that is also scripted. It's just immersive. And so I wrote that show I, with Eric. Eric is a huge influence as the, the type of performer and person I am. Just sort of like introduced me to a bunch of, you know, strange, interesting performance artists when we were dating when I was quite young. And... And so after the show, we had plans to do other things with it. And he was murdered two weeks later. And I, and many, many other people, but I was gutted and felt a little lost. I was sort of very, very, very much looking forward to reigniting this creative space with somebody I cared about so much and trusted so much at a time where I was feeling pretty lost. He had sort of saved me. Yeah. In a lot of ways. So really it it's an accumulation of a question over time. And then also really the the jumping off point from something that could never actualize. So after breakup content, I can't ever do that show again for a number of reasons. And one of them being that Eric's not here. So I'm, I'm going to make something else with him. Wow. Wow. Given that this is such a personal piece that you have such a traumatic tie to this piece, what has it been like developing it? Well, like I said, it's pretty cusp insane. I, like, I, I think like I think we're catching me on a pretty good day. Eric was murdered May 2021, as I had mentioned before, at the very end of the month, and probably for the next six months, I was totally unfunctional in terms of being creative and figuring out what I wanted to do. I was given like a push from this company, Off the Wall Productions, to maybe make a workshop of this. After they asked me if I wanted to do breakup content. And I said, no, I thank you so much for offering that, but I'm going to do something else instead. And again, this question had sort of come up, wow, grieving in 2021 or grieving in the 2020s is different than grieving in 2017, which is different than grieving in 2010, which is different than grieving in 02, which is the year that my like high school best friend was murdered. So like it's, I'm just very, very, very aware that's quite different. And so at first it, you just sort of follow that sneaking suspicion. And then after a while, you know, as I'm sort of writing and working in this space, I got an incredible collaborator named Janice Young. They live in Pittsburgh here. They work at the new Hazlitt Theater. They're in charge of new development of new work. And so would, you know, sort of have this accountability with this thing. But as I'm sort of writing pages for Janice to look at, I'm totally in conversation with Eric. And I loved that. <laughs> and so being able to do that was really, really special. I mean, the making of the thing is great. 
I'm so happy we made it. I'm so excited to share it with people. I'm so excited to introduce Eric to a bunch of people. And every night I get to hang out with my homie. But the making of the thing was the best part of it as, as like big waves hit me and all that stuff, but it was really special. And then, you know, Eric was going to be siphoned from my phone. We were going to do different videos of Eric. So the, you know, the show was all about me sort of engaging with thousands of hours of content of Eric, which I'd already done. So I'd already done my homework. So then it was picking the content and then passing it over to our videographer, Natalie. And, and, and then they chose kind of some of the the things that they loved about Eric was just really special. And then eventually some things, spoiler alert, we make Eric an AI. So I got to make Eric an AI and say things and do things he never did. I got to hear his voice again. And I, you know, I'm not the only one in this grief space with AI that it's, you can kind of see it all over the internet, people sort of creating AI parents, AI past lovers and partners. And that was really special. I mean, I, I, I mean, it was a lot, but it was like, it was really cool. Oh, that sounds incredible. Oh, wow. I mean, a, a tough journey, but I think a rewarding journey too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I would have given myself the excuse of the space to grieve in this way, if it wasn't for some sort of like, I don't know witnessing purpose like I don't know if I could just do it for myself like it, it doesn't necessarily have to manifest in me I just happen to be a theater artist but like if I had any other skills like literally any I would <laughs> do it but this sort of public format and forum and this encouragement that grieving is it happens in a collective and happens with witnesses and it happens in the face of witnesses and and that there is a level of doing it by yourself but that really like to go through well, I don't know to go through all the stages, but to go through a couple of very important ones is to be public with your grief, which is some people find very uncomfortable. The way that I talk about Eric is I talk about him very plainly and candidly. Oh, Eric loves that. Eric is dead. I know that, but Eric loves that, you know, like, and people who are close to me in my space, they picked up on that really quickly and they assimilated very quickly. And that's how Eric's family is. That's how Eric's friends are. We don't not talk about Eric where I know there's a lot of people where that's the opposite and the culture of their family or maybe kind of the way that they've digested how they should behave. And I think it's kind of the number one thing people talk about when we talk about the problem with grieving is that we've created somehow cultures in which we're not allowed to, not allowed to grieve. Whereas actually grieving is like quite complicated. <laughs> it's just like complicated. Yeah. Well, I want to kind of build on that thought and ask, is there a message or a thought that you're hoping the audiences will take away from hashtag ugly cry? Yeah. So, I mean, it really sort of comes from the whole process of this. So I make a plea at the end of the show where I sort of say like, yeah, like we understand that, that grief is really painful, but I think what you do with that grief, I think it matters. So the idea is if you have an outward expression, I think you should try to push to have that outward expression. And I see this in small ways culturally. So if I, I think now, like, right, so the platform of Instagram, I think is really special in a lot of ways. Fight me. I know people hate it. But if somebody dies, you are, have an opportunity to articulate what they meant to you. And right, you don't have to be like the best poet in the whole world, but it gives you a moment, a moment of pause to write down, not just for you, not in your journal, but for other people, an opportunity to express to the world what they meant to you. 
And so this is this really interesting platform that gives us an opportunity to grieve publicly. I don't, and like, you might feel like, you like, I didn't speak at Eric's eulogy. I didn't want to take up space or time, right? I think we all feel that way a lot of times. Like only, so only certain people get to covet grief and grieving. And I think my argument with this show or my, the curiosity I would like to raise for people is that feeling that you have inside of you that like, that pinch and that pain Yes, 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 yes. I know you need to function. I know we need to get to work. I know we need to do things. I know we need to be productive, but maybe there's a place that you can put that feeling. And this is me putting the feeling here. And I wonder where other people with other skill sets and love and ways that they want to allow that person to have affected them, how they will now function in the world with that knowledge that you have permission to talk about the people who are gone and not just permission, but like, and it's really special. Like, yeah. Love that. That's wonderful. Yeah. Finally, for this first part, I want to know who do you hope have access to your show? Um, I really, I mean, I, 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 it, the people who should be coming to the show, I think are like a couple I, there's a couple tiers right like millennials what's up uh let's go let's go look at this strange show we're 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 doing the cross between performance art and regular theater so if you're an off-broadway person who like likes to do the new theater thing like this is the show to check out we're not doing anything crazy i'm not getting totally naked you know there's not like any like there's a lot of weird shit in the show like that's it i'm a weird theater maker i made a dream list of all the things i've always wanted to do and they're in the show i'm on the treadmill for 90 percent of the show because it's fucking weird but i will say so if you're into like the new theater thing i need you to come check this out if you have ever lost somebody and i mean that sort of in all general senses a relationship that has been taken from you or someone who has like ghosted you or estranged you or relationships that have fallen apart anyone who can identify or comes up brings up the word maybe i might be grieving the show might be a really good space for you i i will say that if you have had a very recent loss the show might be very very hard but you're in a very safe space the show is interactive, but there is no components to embarrass anybody or make anybody feel silly. And there's no, there's nothing scary. It's like all of that stuff is just really kind of loving. We're really, we're, we're very much in love with our audience members and we're really grateful that you're there. And then the third person that should really come is anyone who now Googles Eric Anthematten, A-N-T-H-A-M-A-T-T-E-N. Y'all are going to find a really special person. And if you've heard of him in any way, yeah, that's the one. And you should, you should come and celebrate him with me. My mission in life is to make Eric go viral. That's really it. So if y'all want to help me make Eric go viral, that would be it. But that that's who I would love to, I would love to shine my, what is it like a lighthouse light for. want to change gears now and give our listeners a chance to get to know you a little bit better i mean i feel like we've been prying you open and getting to know you already de delving deep into your secrets but I, I want to know first you know what or who inspires you what playwrights or composers or shows in the past have inspired you or just some of your favorites yeah thank you for asking that it's one of my favorite things to talk about because 
I was not a high school theater person. I, my last show that I did as a child, I was milky white and I was the head of the cow. Yes. Yes. The head of the cow found out that milky white was actually a statue on Broadway and quit. I think I was 11. I was like very embarrassed. Right. So I was not in pursuant of theater. And then uh, I really, I became a drug addict uh, and that's not a joke. I, I loved to party. And then that just became in terms of sustainability. And weirdly, I always had my eye on some of these theater classes as I was dropping in and out of colleges. And a class that I took introduced me to solo performances and it changed my life. And so I can say people like, I mean, it's so anyone who loves any people who love performance art and solo performance are all going to roll their eyes. And guess what? I'm just like you. Okay. So like Spalding Gray blew me open. Okay. We get this Philip Glass. Love it. We have Robert Wilson. We have Anna Devere Smith. We're looking at all the people that came before that are making statements and doing it in sort of like relatively profound and also really strange and boring ways. And those are the people that really like as a young person really made me go, huh? And that was it. And then it took me another almost, I don't know, seven or eight years until I got back until I really got into theater. So I didn't really hit the ground running with theater until I was about 25. And I look amazing by the way. Uh, I am 37, but I don't look it. Don't worry. And uh, I'm totally kidding. And 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 really, like then Eric sort of took the wheel from there. He introduced me to Mariana Abramovich uh, and uh, like Simon McBurtney. And I saw Simon McBurtney's show, The Encounter. I don't know if any of y'all remember this on Broadway. And that was the first time I went, holy poop, we can do this. This is amazing. And it really always pulled on a part of me, which I just think is like, I, I just had these big curiosities about it. how do we upgrade theater? How do we keep it from dying? Because like I mentioned, I'm really good looking, even though I'm 37, but I'm not interested in doing anything else that's like TV and film. I mean, like, great. I mean, if you're listening and you want to hire me, I'll take it. But I really, my first love is theater. I love theater and I really don't want this thing to die. And I think that when we look at, you know, ways in which we can, bring it into the 2023rd century or whatever. I think, I think that's it. And so some of these performers are really the people that, that kind of shook me and I wanted to be just like them. Yes. No, but I think you're nailing things on the head. I love that list. I love those performers. And I love the idea of challenging what theater can be or how we can do it and changing theater to keep it new and fresh. Really well, that is a great lead in to my favorite question to ask guests. And I can't wait to hear yours. And it's what is your favorite theater memory? I, I think I will touch back to Simon McBurtney's The Encounter. I remember watching him perform and there is a moment during the show. So just to Quick backstory, the whole thing, though, hopefully I won't bastardize it too much, but Simon talks about a National Geographic man who goes into the Amazon and he encounters the people of the Amazon and we actually never hear or see from him again. So the story is fictionalized, I think, kind of, right? Like, how much do we know? So I just remember having that experience. So, and, and during it, we put on headphones and he walks around a binaural head. And so the binaural head just, uh, you're able to detect footsteps behind you to the right, to the left, like sort of all where you are, that's where you're getting your, your sonic information from. And he creates, ugh, 
he creates the Amazon using a loop pedal and a binaural head right in front of you. And I swear to God, it was the Amazon. Couldn't tell me differently. He uses like a water bottle and he whispers and he whistles and he like snaps and he like coughs or whatever. And he creates the Amazon. Now I've never been to the Amazon. I don't know what it's like. So I really cannot challenge it, but he creates the whole goddamn Amazon in front of you. And then you're there. Theater is magic. Like all of that. Like, and, and, and it's not secret magic. It's all, it should all feel like we should be able to do it. And, and, the, and the amount of care and love in that whole thing in that moment then builds and continues to build. And like, I am sold, like, take me on this journey, brother. And then there's a certain point where he destroys the whole stage. It's amazing. You're just like, that's what I came to Broadway for. Thank you for that. And then, and then after the show, you know, the whole thing ends and, and it's, and me leave. And I just, I walked, I think, I don't know, three blocks. I didn't say a word, which y'all may be able to tell, like, it's very hard for me not to speak. And then I like crumbled on the sidewalk and I just went like, I want to do, I want to be a part of something like that. That is an incredible memory. Wow. Wow. It's, like, it's right here. Like it's right, like it's right in front of me, you know, like it's like Google glass right in front of me. I can That's see incredible. it, all of it. Yeah. I wish our listeners could see the way you were telling it because I, literally I can see everything as you're describing it, the passion and everything. I can tell that's a deep memory. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. If anybody else has seen it, we just, I just need like, if you come to the show, high five me. Okay. Because if you've seen the encounter and you come to my show, we are going to have a secret high five because we'll know something. <laughs> we have been a part of something nobody else has been a part of. Which is really <laughs> That it'll be physicalizing that new community. <laughs> well, do you have any other productions or projects coming on the pipeline that we might be able to plug for you? Oh, that's such a loving thing to, to offer. I have a podcast. It's called Fucking Sober, F-C-K-I-N-G-S-O-B-E-R. It's about the first 90 days of getting sober. I've mentioned before that I'm a drug addict. I'm in recovery. So there's a lot of us out there. So I just want to say, what's up, my people? I love addicts. And with Fucking Sober, it's a narrative podcast. So it's like listening to a Netflix show instead of watching it. And the first season is my story, the first 90 days. It's just a snippet of it. And then the second season is Mommy Wine Culture, somebody else's story, that 90 days. And we're working on other seasons. And all of the voiceover artists are sober artists. And all of the music is from sober music musicians, sorry. And I am the sound engineer. So I make it how I want. So if you are, a, we're making season three. So if you're a person who identifies in recovery, either successfully or not, but yeah, we don't, we don't, we're not here to gatekeep. And you're a maker of things. I would love for you to reach out to me because we're always looking for people uh, and we, we pay you not incredibly well, but we do. And so these are all things to keep in mind for future projects and check it out. Other than that, we're going to ride this wave of hashtag ugly cry and see where we go from here. Yeah. That is amazing. Amazing. And a great lead into my final question, which is if our listeners would like more information about hashtag ugly cry or about you, perhaps they'd like to reach out to you. How can they do so? I'm going to need you to slide into my DMs. Okay. I love Instagram. I love the internet. So do not be shy. It's at Mackers, M-A-C-K-E-R-S-N-Y-C at Mackers NYC on Instagram. 
I'm gonna need you to like everything that is my love language, okay? Don't be cute, don't come and look and then leave. Nah, no, like a bunch of stuff and then leave and I'll come follow you. This is how this works. I don't understand like why we're trying to be cute. You can also follow me on TikTok. It's new, okay? I'm working on it. And of course, my website, maxstage.com to put, sort of see like all the projects that are coming up. But really, just call me. No, I'm just like, find me, <laughs> find me, find me in all the things and invite me to all the things. If any of this appealed to you and you're a theater maker, I would love to come see what you're doing. And that is not fake. I need an excuse to get out of the house sometimes. So please give me an excuse. I love other theater makers. And thank you so much, Andrew, for letting me talk about all the things that I love. How yummy. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. This has been amazing. Your show sounds incredible and inspiring and exactly what I think a lot of people, myself included, need. So I can't wait to see the show, but I'm so appreciative of you taking the time to talk with us today. This has been amazing. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you for this platform. Keep doing what you're doing. At number 250 something coming in strong. <laughs> yeah. Proud of this one over here. Thank you. My guest today has been the playwright and performer, Katie Mack, whose upcoming production being presented by Off The Wall Productions is Hashtag Ugly Cry. It's playing October 26th through November 18th at the Chain Theater. Get your tickets and more information by visiting TicketTour.com or even better, and it's a lot easier, just head to her website, maxstage.com that's also a great place to go follow her for upcoming projects and productions or even better as she said slide into her dms hit her up on instagram at mackers nyc we're gonna have all this information posted on our episode description as well as on our social media posts but make sure you join us to check out her great show hashtag ugly cry playing october 26th through november 18th at the chain theater so until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper! Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. And be sure to check out our brand new website for all things Stage Whisper and theater. You'll be able to find merchandise, tours, tickets, and more. Simply visit stagewhisperpod.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.